G'day folks, welcome to episode 104 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So we're back again for another week and this week we've got our usual roundup of vulnerability fixes to go through first. Uh, this week we're going to cover uh, some fixes for Open vSwitch, SQLite, uh, GNOME Auto AR, uh, PostgreSQL and Thunderbird, uh, plus a few more. And then we're going to have, actually speaking of Thunderbird, a discussion about a topic that was raised by the desktop team uh, on the Ubuntu discourse about backporting uh, of Thunderbird 78 into the most recent long-term stable release uh, of Ubuntu, uh, Focal Fosa 2004 LTS. So yeah, we'll get to that soon. But as I say, first let's get into the week of updates. Uh, first up, we had an update for Open vSwitch. Uh, this was uh, one CVE that was fixed for uh, 1604, 1804, 2004, long-term support releases respectively, and 2010, the Groovy Gorilla. Uh, and actually, this one I thought was about one of the most convoluted CVE descriptions that I have read in a long time. And I'm going to read it in full because, uh, yeah, it needs to be heard to be uh, to be understood. So it said, a vul- vulnerability was found in Open vSwitch. Fair enough. A limitation in the implementation of user space packet parsing can allow a malicious user to send a specially crafted packet causing the resulting mega flow in the kernel to be too wide, potentially causing a denial of service. The highest threat from this vulnerability is to system availability. And so putting that into, I guess, more layman's terms is that an attacker can send a specially crafted packet that can then cause uh, the resulting Megaflow table in the kernel to be kind of too um, broad. It will then be accepting far too many packets and then be you know, cause a denial of service as a result. And so therefore you could you know, denial of service the system. I think sometimes these CVE descriptions could be worded in a bit more uh, human speak rather than uh, techno babble. But anyway, moving on. Uh, we had an update for JUnit 4 again for the same releases, a single CVE here. Uh, and this was around the con- so JUnit 4 is a uh, Java testing framework. Uh, it allows you to you know, do tests where you say set up a temporary folder. And in this case, the temporary folder would be placed under slash temp and would then, as a result of temp itself being world readable, would have the contents of whatever you had placed in that as world readable as well. Uh, that would then mean if your tests were doing things like writing out API keys or passwords or other sensitive bits of information they would potentially be accessible by other users on the system and so this is a standard information disclosure type vulnerability but just to local users on the system as a result and obviously to only code that happens to be executing using the temporary folder construct in JUnit. Uh, So this was fixed just to make sure that when it does create that temporary folder that it is done only so that it's readable by the owner of the file. All right, so moving on, we also had an update for post SRSD. So I actually had to look this one up. It's not a package that I'm familiar with. Uh, this was for, in fact, the 1804 long-term support release, by the way. So this is the postfixed sender rewriter scheme daemon. So this is used essentially for rewriting uh, essentially the sender address of an email if you are have a postfix server that's acting as essentially an email relay or forwarding emails. The idea is uh, if they're using SPF to kind of authenticate those emails, it you know, then is authenticated from that original host and you're then on sending it and you actually don't have, you know, say the permission uh, to be able to send that. So it could then get bounced back. So what uh, post SRSD does is it rewrites that sender address to appear to come from your intermediate host and then allows it also then to kind of translate that back as well if there is a bounce or anything like that that comes as a result of the email being sent. And in this case, there was an issue where it could have a CPU-based denial of service because of this algorithm for processing uh, this translated email address, essentially, where it would include a timestamp of when that had happened. And if you included an extra long timestamp in there, it would then spend a huge amount of time trying to hop around that, trying to uh, parse it. 
And so it was fixed just to make sure it only accepted a couple characters as it expected that timestamp to be. So a pretty simple fix there for post SRSD if you are using that on 1804 long-term support release. There was also an update for SQLite. Uh, this one is a more recent vulnerability only affecting uh, the more recent releases. So like the Groovy Gorilla 20.10. Essentially in this one, there was the ability to cause a crash uh, with a particular query construct. So if you did have essentially untrusted queries being sent into your SQLite, this could have affected you, uh, but that has now been fixed as well. There was also an update for the GNOME Auto AR library. Uh, this is again for the Ubuntu releases 18.04, 20.04 long-term support respectively, and 2010, the Groovy Gorilla. Uh, this is actually another archive extraction symlink traversal issue. So I, as I said in last week's episode, actually, I seem to have come across one of these almost every week this year. So it seems to be the flavor of the, the month of the year. As I say, GNOME Auto AR is a library for handling archives. Uh, in particular, it's used by Nautilus, the GNOME file browser. So in Nautilus, you can right-click an archive and say, extract it here. And this will actually use GNOME Auto AR under the hood. Uh, the problem was that if there was a symlink inside the archive that uh, was named the same thing as a folder in there, it, when you went to extract, say, the file inside that folder, it would blindly follow the symlink that was there of the same name, and the symlink could point outside of, say, that folder. It would point to you know wherever on your actual file system, and that file would then get written there instead. So it essentially had an arbitrary file overwrite vulnerability there you know, as the user that's executing um, the archive extraction. So that was fixed, obviously, just to check that when we, uh, when GNOME Auto AR was processing something, whether it was a symlink, and if it was a symlink, did it point to something actually inside the archive content? And if it didn't, then it would go and uh, knack that. There was an update as well for WPA Supplicant or Host APD. Uh, this was two CVEs that were all the way back to 1404 Extended Security Maintenance, as well as 1604, 1804, and 2004 long-term support, and the most recent Groovy Gorilla 20.10 release. Two CVEs were rolled into this update. Uh, there was a medium and a high. Uh, the high priority one was a possible out-of-bounds write that could happen uh, when you were just doing a Wi-Fi direct or other, also called P2P uh, search. So Wi-Fi direct or P2P uh, allows two different uh, stations to talk directly to one another without going via an access point. And the way you do that is you have to sort of search for another device nearby you. And if that's the one you want to connect to it. And so uh, if yours was just doing a passive search of other devices, uh, one, and a malicious device that's in radio range could send it a specially crafted packet that would then cause an out-of-bounds write and so you could possibly get code execution as a result uh, as that malicious device. This was actually discovered by Google's OSS Fuzz so it's not known to be exploited in the wild but yeah that one has been fixed as well as a uh, vulnerability that I mentioned back in episode 91 originally the call stranger vulnerability. This is in the universal plug and play protocol and this was around uh, where you could essentially do callback reflection to denial of service uh, another host as well. So that was fixed two for uh, WPA. There was an update as well for PostgreSQL. Uh, again, this is for the most recent releases. So uh, 2004 long-term support and the Groovy Gorilla. Uh, this did update to the latest upstream release, which is 12.6, how uh, to fix a possible information leak. And this was uh, unlikely to occur because you had to have quite um, a specific construct uh, in your uh, database. In particular, uh, you needed to have a uh, partition table where if a user had the ability to update that but not actually select on a particular column within that, you try to update it 
uh, you would then get a resulting error message, but the error message would then end up leaking the values of those columns that you weren't actually allowed to update, or I'm sorry, that you weren't actually allowed to read, so you would essentially be able to read them even though you did not have permission, uh, but via the returned error message, not actually via doing a select directly on it. So let's say you need to have a uh, kind of rare kind of setup to be able to have this affect you, but that was fixed. And lastly, we had an update for Thunderbird. So six different CVEs were rolled into this, and this was for the Groovy Gorilla release 20.10, our most recent release. Uh, as I said, this updates to the latest upstream release, 78.7 of Thunderbird. And as usual, because Thunderbird is based on Firefox, we see the usual kind of vulnerabilities that were fixed in this that are affecting web browsers. So things like where a uh, you know, malicious uh, web host, or in this case, potentially a malicious someone that can send you a malicious HTML email, could denial of service your Thunderbird, could crash it. Uh, they could cause, you know, to leak information back to them, or they could cause potential remote code execution as well. As well as that, uh, there was a fix for a possible um, person in the middle uh, command injection attack where essentially when you go to set up your secure start TLS connection, uh, they could, uh, before the encrypted connection is set up, inject uh, some unencrypted content that then once the connection was finally set up with the remote host, uh, would then go and get processed as though it had been sent by the you know encrypted connection from the remote host and trusted and everything. So you could essentially get uh, you know untrusted content being executed in that trusted manner. So that was fixed as well. All right, so that takes us to the end of this week in security updates. And so speaking of Thunderbird, I thought it would be timely uh, to bring up a topic that I saw raised recently on the Ubuntu discourse. This one was raised by the desktop team and in particular uh, Osamon or uh, Olivia Tilloy from the desktop team. Uh, he now manages doing uh, ongoing updates for uh, Thunderbird and Firefox. So all the uh, security updates that I talk about every few weeks for Firefox in particular, that is all generally handled by Olivia. So thank you uh, for doing all the heavy lifting on that. Um, so yeah, what this was about was that Thunderbird in the Ubuntu 20.04 long-term support release, uh, the most recent one, uh, will be upgraded to the latest 78.x uh, release. So back in uh, 2004 long-term support, we are currently shipping the 68.x release. This is no longer supported uh, by upstream Thunderbird. And because of the way that uh, I guess Thunderbird is heavily based on Firefox and the like, and they have quite uh, a, a code base that has a lot of churn in it, and security fixes are hard to kind of tease out on their own and backport. That's why I say for Firefox, we're always updating to the latest version. We're not just backporting security fixes like we do for a lot of packages in Ubuntu. Uh, and so it's not practical for um, for security fixes to be backported to that old 68 um, version code base. So what is looking at here is has upgrading to this 78 version. And because this is uh, quite a major version upgrade, there is some breaking changes that come with it. And in particular, in the handling of PGP encrypted email. So uh, previously in Thunderbird, it did not have native support for handling uh, PGP encryption. That was done by the Enigmail plugin, and that has existed for a long time and has provided very good integration for PGP. Uh, you know, natively supports your GPG keyring and all the like. Uh, but this new version of Thunderbird uh, actually supports uh, PGP uh, itself directly. 
It uh, unfortunately doesn't use uh, the GNU PGE keyring. It has its own internal key store. And so there is a bit of a migration process that happens to happen there so that it can essentially import that keyring into its own key store. And so it does that by essentially walking you through this migration wizard. So that is part of this new uh, release. And as well, the Enigmail plugin is no longer supported anyway, unfortunately. So if you wanna do PGP with Thunderbird 78, you need to use this new, this new mechanism. There's a couple other changes as well that have happened uh, because of that. The ex extensions TinyJSD and JUnit are no longer supported on this new version of Thunderbird as well. Uh, TinyJSD is a JavaScript debugger um, targeted for Firefox and Thunderbird, and in particular with a focus on being able to directly debug uh, Thunderbird extensions and the like. Uh, that's no longer supported, and neither is uh, the JSUnit uh, unit testing tool that, again, is used for doing unit testing on things like Thunderbird and Firefox extensions. So neither of those are likely to be used by very many users unless you are you know, directly developing your own extensions. And if they are, you are probably using them uh, directly from the uh, Mozilla extension uh, add-ons for uh, marketplace directly rather than using probably the Debian packages as we have in Ubuntu. So to support that transition, those will now become empty packages on the 2004 long-term support release and Thunderbird will be upgraded to 78.x. Now I hear you all um, shouting, so what about our older releases like Bionic? Um, yep, so that is also planned to do once at least it has happened for, uh, for the Focal Fossa, the 2004 long-term support release. Uh, we've had a bunch of different people inquire about yeah, what is happening with Thunderbird because the 68 version that is in those older releases is no longer supported and is kind of lagging behind in security updates. So by updating to 78, uh, this will then allow security fixes and the like to also be um, you know, continuously released for Thunderbird as well, like we do for Firefox. So thanks again to uh, Olivier from the desktop team for uh, leading the work on that. All right, and so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact with the team, you can reach us at securityubuntu.com. We are also in the Ubuntu-hardened uh, Freenode IRC channel if you want to find us there. Uh, as I said, we have this security section on discourse.ubuntu.com if you want to raise a topic there and uh, you know, talk to us about anything there. Or you can even find us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening again for another week. Uh, remember, I'll be back again next week. But until then, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.